Belinda Audio presents this unabridged recording of Noah's Law, written by Runda Abdel Fattah and read by Stigweens. Chapter 1 Fine. I'll admit it was an immature thing to do. Childish, even. But not stupid. My dad disagreed. There was really no need to involve him. I always knew Mr Kennard had low-life tendencies, but calling my dad in for a meeting to discuss my attitude was going overboard. Personally, I couldn't see what the big deal was. The essays were sitting on Mr Kennard's desk. Okay, so they were important, worth 80% of our final mark. Well, then why did Mr Kennard leave them on his desk when he went to the staff room to take a phone call? When he knew I was alone in his office waiting for him to quiz me about my alleged, the italics are important, involvement in blocking the staff toilet system with tennis balls. It seemed like an irresistible idea at the time. The essay affair, not the alleged toilet thing, although if I did do it, which I didn't, I'd have to say that would have been pretty irresistible too. And yes, I have admitted the essay thing was immature and childish, but changing the marks was fun and most definitely not stupid. The essay topic was explain what you understand by normal body temperature. London Dicker's response was, abnormal body temperature is the body's response to Carla Ricky coming to school on Mufti Day in a see-through top. In order to maintain normal body temperature, Carla Ricky must not be in sight. I mean, case closed as far as I'm concerned. The guy deserved the Order of Australia. So, of course, when I saw a one out of ten on London Dicker's essay, it seemed almost sinful not to celebrate his efforts. So I added a stroke. One out of ten became seven out of ten. Not to mention the guy could clearly use a break. For crying out loud, his parents have never even been to London. They work in a factory dipping almonds in sugar so that people at weddings have something to chew on when the conversation gets dull. London figures his parents need to make at least 10 million of those almonds to afford half of one airfare. Apparently, naming their kid after the first place on their travel wish list was the next best thing to actually going there. And I have issues? Then there was Robin. Three out of ten became eight out of ten. It was another act of charity. The girl thinks algebra is a Middle Eastern country. Let's just say there were several, okay, a large number of other altered marks, all done with the best of intentions. Everybody deserves a little false hope now and again. Some people also need their egos deflated. That essay by Jay Donovan with her I don't have time for people who don't read the financial review snobbery was practically a godsend. Ten out of one hundred with comments in the margins such as see me and disgraceful in red pen. Simply beautiful. Mr Kennard didn't quite see it my way. Noah Nabolsi? Those students went home either ecstatic or devastated with their results, he said. When they received their final mark, reflecting their actual ability, or should I say disability, 
I had their parents here in my office demanding an explanation. And then there was Jade. What do you say to a mother who tells you her daughter tried to overdose on her sister's bottle of iron tablets for a woman's first trimester because she was so distressed by her mark? Her mother wasn't sure if Jade was pregnant or making a feeble suicide attempt. Worse still, she couldn't decide which was more disturbing. Anyway, if you looked at the whole situation in terms of the law of causation, as I argued with my dad, it really was Mr Kennard's fault. You see, the real and active cause of the act committed was not that I changed the marks, but that Mr Kennard supplied the bait. You don't blame a fish.